Want to learn how to be a master of business without going back to school? Listen to the Planet Money MBA. No suits, no PowerPoints, just the secrets of business school delivered straight to your ears. Every Wednesday till Labor Day on Planet Money from NPR. Taking care of Wichita's hidden art treasures. I'm Tom Schein, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, how an artist found his voice. When I was a child, I couldn't talk, and uh, I had to find creative ways to communicate with people. But first, there's millions of dollars in artwork in Wichita that few people ever see. Kylie Cameron visits the vaults at the Ulrich Museum of Art and the Wichita Art Museum to see how the work stored there is prepared for public display. Here we have bronzes, plaster molds, wood sculptures. Joe Reiner is the collections manager at the Ulrich Museum of Art at Wichita State University. She oversees the thousands of pieces in the Ulrich's collection that are on display and off. At the Ulrich, the museum has approximately 7,000 objects in its collection, but only a fraction of those are actually on display in the museum or on campus. Ksenia Gerstein is the Ulrich's curator. She says a lot of thought and consideration go into figuring out what works the Ulrich wants to have in its collection. I think our goals now have to do with representing the present moment, the contemporary moment, although we still sort of strategically try to fill in gaps. Acquiring a piece of art or pulling one out of the collection for public view requires an incredible amount of coordination and communication. At the Wichita Art Museum, an entire team works together on the museum's 12,000-piece collection and preparing it for exhibition. Rebecca Williams is part of that team and helps manage the art installing process. You don't you don't totally know until you see that object in person about how to handle it. So it's a lot of problem solving on uh, on the spot and it's communication, it's a like it's a dance. Williams says working with a particular art object is tailored to the piece itself. A framed oil painting isn't handled the same way as clothing or textiles. You have to be very aware, you have to be very body conscious, and you also have to just be very good at a lot of things. Tara Hedrick is the Wichita Art Museum's curator. She says time is also another element the team has to contend with. Despite it being at the right temperature, the right humidity, um, in an archival box surrounded with archival tissue, no one is touching it. Everything that you're doing for it is perfect, but it's still like, it's the way of all flesh, right? Like, like the banana, right? Like eventually, <laughs> you know, time takes its toll on all things. While a piece of art won't last forever as time takes its toll, both of the museums are digitizing their collections, so the story of each piece will live on. Museums digitizing their art is part of a recent movement to make art and history more accessible for the general public. According to Ksenia Gerstein, that's especially true for the Ulrich because it's part of an educational institution. People with different sets of expertise that can see art very, very differently 
and we have the opportunity to really cultivate that. At the end of the long process to get art on display, Tara Hedrick says museums hope to spark different conversations with how objects are displayed. So what we put that painting next to tells us what conversation she's having. Is it about women's identity at the end of the 19th century? Is it about women's labor? Is it about families? Is it about mothers and children? For The Range, I'm Kylie Cameron. To read more of Kylie's story, go to KMUW.org. Anthony Dozier says he struggled to talk when he was a child, but he learned how to speak properly while taking his daughter to speech therapy. In the process, he found his artistic voice as well. For this month's artworks, Torn Anderson talked with Dozier about that transformation and about a bold and vibrant painting in his latest exhibition. When I was a child, I couldn't talk, and uh, um, I had to find creative ways to communicate with people. It all comes from a child's imagination and a child's unrelenting effort to talk properly like everybody else. This all would have singed on. But it wasn't until uh, uh, the birth of my second daughter, my daughter, my baby daughter had uh, uh, speech problems too. I attended uh, Wichita State uh, uh, Speak Pathologist School up there, and I went to every session with my daughter, and I learned how to speak properly and, and let everything out. And going through her therapies, which I did not have when I was a child, but they worked for her, and it helped her, and it helped me. This creation came to mind, uh, I would say, in the middle of the pandemic. I had a hangnail in my, in my right hand, so I got it out of the way, you know, to continue the artwork. And when I picked that hangnail out, well, something bad happened when I, my finger got infected. The lines that are, that are associated with this piece are supposed to be nice and straight, but the pain of squeezing the paint out of the instrument I was using was so great I had to use my right hand. There was times where I passed out from the pain. I cleaned it up and I got rid of the infection where I didn't have to visit the hospital. That's where it got its name, infected. You may get the idea of these little micros and things that are in our bodies, the, the dark-looking spears are, I would say, your healing, your healing attributes of the body, and the white is the infected parts that is around all the, you know, parts of your thumb or inside of the thumb itself, being affected by, you know, what it's being affected by, but the healing, uh, healing uh, system is engaged, trying to keep the infection out. That's the best way I could describe that. Torn Anderson explores the local art scene every first Friday. Anthony Dozier's work is currently on exhibit at City Arts. And one last thing. 
Lou Perkins died last month. He's best remembered around here as the athletic director at Wichita State when the school dropped its football program in 1986. But it's also worth remembering that Perkins helped clean up the mess that was Shocker Athletics. When he arrived in 1983, both football and basketball were on NCAA probation, and the athletic department was in a financial freefall. One of Perkins's first hires was a former NCAA investigator. It was a novel move at the time, and one that other schools soon copied. Perkins was a big guy who played basketball at Iowa under the legendary Ralph Miller. He was a rough player, and he wasn't afraid to throw some elbows as an administrator. Was he perfect? No. But when he left Wichita State in 1987, it was in better shape than when he arrived. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Beth Goulet and Jonathan Huber. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.